Dear songwriter, welcome to the second bonus episode of this podcast. Today, I am speaking with my good friend, James Cross, who is a podcaster and someone who helps musicians tour better. And his podcast, Bandhive, which I've been lucky enough to have been a guest on twice, really provides some fantastic education for those who are looking to get on the road for their first tour or their next tour. And so I wanted to bring James on the show to talk to those of you who are maybe looking to book your first show. So perhaps you just released your first album, or maybe you even just have like a demo and you want to get out there, you want to start playing shows locally. In this bonus episode, James really breaks down the process in a way that's easy to comprehend. And I remember personally, when I started booking shows, I was super confused and I wish I had his guidance, you know, uh, back in, you know, 15 years ago, whenever it was. And so I hope this brings you some value. Definitely going to want to check out James's podcast band hive one word and at the end of the episode he has something for you all to check out if you have played some shows and you're looking to tour for the first time so definitely stick around to the end to hear more about that so thanks for tuning in once again this is the second bonus episode of this podcast dear songwriter entitled how to book your first show. Enjoy, and thanks so much. James, wondering if you could give us just a brief introduction into who you are. Yeah, sure thing. Uh, thanks for inviting me on the show, Connor. Basically about 14 years ago, 13 years ago, something like that, I got involved in community radio and fell in love with the music and all that. And I ended up getting into live sound, went to college, all that kind of stuff. Did three years on Warp Tour, did some other smaller tours here and there. And then eventually I quit touring for, well, for good, actually. I quit touring for good, but I got out of music for like a year and a half and started working the day job. And during that time, people still kept asking me questions about the music business. So I got back into music, interned at a beautiful studio in San Diego called Signature Sound, and that got me back into it. And then people started asking me even more questions. So I decided <laughs> to start a Facebook group and that turned into videos, which turned into a podcast. And long story short, here I am sharing the knowledge that I've gained from like 10 years in the industry. And I still work shows and that kind of stuff too. I still work with artists all the time. Like I'm back into that now, but for the most part, I just love answering people's questions. And so that's, that's how Bandhive came about. And, and today's topic is really about how to book your first show. So let's say you're someone who has just released their first album or single, what would the first step be for that person to try and book their first show after that release? To be honest, it's go to shows. Because <laughs> when you go to shows, you ultimately make friends with people who play shows. And then you can talk to them and ask them all kinds of questions that you have about booking shows because they've been doing it. Maybe they've been doing it for a month. Maybe they've been doing it for 20 years. You never know. I, I worked a show last night, which there were 11 acts and they all played two songs each. It was a benefit for the Ukraine. And 
for the most part, the artists were, you know, like early to late twenties, early thirties, you know, our age, but there were some who were, you know, fifties and sixties, and they've been doing this for 40 years. And it's great to see all those artists come together on one show. And they were just talking the whole time, you know, not while other artists are playing because it's acoustic, but they were networking. They were saying, oh, it's good to see, you You know, we played that show together two years ago. Like, what have you been up to? What have you been doing? And so just going to shows and making friends with people, specifically the people who are working at the venue and the people who are playing the show is really incredibly important. And I would encourage you to start doing that before your release comes out. Because if you're friends with them, you can say, you know, they're going to ask, what do you do? And you say, oh, I, I make music. And, you, and they then say, oh, where can I check it out? You say, oh, well, it's coming out next Friday. You know, I, if you want, like, let's be Facebook friends and I'll send you the link when it drops. There you go. You just got an extra first day lesson. And then you were already working on establishing that relationship so that you can say, hey, I want to play a show at this venue that you played last week. Who should I talk to? And who knows, maybe they actually book the shows there. Like there's lots of little venues where the person who books the venue is also playing shows there once or twice a month. Like that, that just happens. Yeah. So talk to people, make friends. In terms of getting in touch with people who are responsible for shows, right? There, there are various titles that maybe people aren't too familiar with the, the differences, right? So, you know, I've booked shows through venues and their talent buyers. I've also booked shows through promoters. I've also booked shows through local bands. So can you just tell us like maybe the, maybe the different avenues that you can take and maybe the differences between like a talent buyer for a venue as well as your promoter? Yeah, definitely. You know, first of all, on the thing of talent buyers, I've heard a lot of people call them booking agents, which is Book. they're not booking they're agents. Margaret, a booking yeah. agent works for the artist <laughs> right. and coordinates with the talent buyer promoter. So I just right. want to throw that out there. Anybody, if you, if you hear talk of a booking agent, they work for the artist. Essentially though, the difference between a talent buyer and a promoter is they do the same job, but the talent buyer works for the venue. So they are not taking the risk unless they're, you know, the owner of the venue or they're on a commission structure, something like that. But they get paid to book shows at the venue. They just basically rent out the room. Whereas a promoter is a third party who comes in and rents the venue and they cover the costs of rent, security and production staff, anything like that a lot of the smaller venues are just going to have their own staff doing it because it's ultimately just as much work for them to have a promoter come in as right. it is to have their own staff do it. Like right. they still have to coordinate with a promoter to book the show. Like, okay, they don't have to reach out to the artists, but right. they have to put the promoter's like request on the calendar, collect the money from the promoter, and they still have to deal with getting the staff and all that. So from a personnel and work standpoint, it's almost the same for a venue to just say, okay, we can find three or four artists to play the show, or we can have a promoter book the show. So let's say you're someone who is new to a city and taking your advice and, and gone to a couple of those shows, maybe met a few different people, and maybe you have the contact information for, let's say, the talent buyer in this situation, right? Maybe you don't have a huge following, don't have a huge draw. What's the best way for that person to get a show at that venue without those things? Without those things, it's probably going to be ask the friends you've made who are mm. playing shows and just say, hey, do you have a show that I could open? Really the first way to get yourself out there. You can sometimes get lucky and email a venue or a promoter and say, hey, do you have anything I can hop on? But it's ultimately better if you have a personal relationship with the artist that is playing. First of all, 
very more likely to say to the venue, Hey, if there's space for one more on the bill, like my friend, you know, Connor wants to play the show, let's get Connor on the show. And the other advantage is if you have that personal relationship with the artist who's playing, they'll probably give you a shout out. They'll say, Hey, you know, this is Connor's first show ever, which, you know, you've played hundreds of shows, but (laughs) for example's sake, this is Connor's first show. Like, yeah give him a hand, go check out the merch table, like stream him on Spotify. So let's say that you do get a show. We've taken all of James' advice. We've gone through all these steps. What are some good ways to promote the show that maybe don't involve a a large budget? Don't stop posting about it. I see this all the time. An artist says, hey, announcing this show in three months. And they put up the poster once. And then like a week before the show, they're like, oh, by the way, this is next week. What happened to the (laughs) 11 weeks between when you announced it and when you said, hey, this is next week. You should announce your shows maybe a month to a month and a half in advance. This is not me saying post the poster every single day on your Instagram. (laughs) Talk to people on your Instagram stories. So one thing that I like seeing is artists who get on Instagram stories Or they just record a video and post it as a video post to their feed. Both work. And they just talk about the other artists on the bill. So like, hey, you know, we're so excited to be playing with, let's say, Troy Millet as an example. I really like his song Runaway because the story behind it is so cool. This does two things. One, you're going to tag Troy Millet Mm. and you hope he shares it because he probably will. So you do that. You're, You're strengthening that relationship with the artist you're playing with. And you should do this for all the artists on the bill, you know, not just one. The other thing is if your followers go to check out Troy Millette, they might say, oh, that's really good. So it's, you know, you're adding value in multiple ways. You're adding value to Troy by setting people his way. And you're adding value to yourself because Mm. if Troy has more fans, then more people come to the show that you're going to play. It's a win-win situation. And actually you're, you're adding value to your fans too, because you're introducing them to new music that they might not know. So you're adding value in three different ways. That is a great way to promote. And the other Mm. thing is just to talk about the show. Like say how excited you are when you're rehearsing for the show. Do a quick video. Say, hey, we're just rehearsing a new song for the show. Don't forget, it's next week, 6 p.m. at McGillicuddy's in uh, Montpelier. Create content around what you're doing in advance of the show. You know, if it's your first show, talk about, hey, this is my first show. I'm really nervous, but I'm also really excited to see you all there. Mm. I would love for you to be there. And then if there are pre-sales, get people to buy tickets because they are much more likely to actually show up the night of if they've already spent $10. And I think that's, and I'm not above this because I've definitely made this mistake in years and shows past, but I think there's this insecurity behind selling tickets because maybe it's new territory for this particular artist who's never even played a show before. Maybe there's this imposter syndrome that kind of creeps in of like, who am I to be selling tickets to, to the show? You know, this is my first show. Like, uh, I, I don't even feel comfortable to the fact that, you know, they're, they're charging for this, you know, <laughs> those feelings might, might come up. When you are a DIY musician, you're a little bit of everything. So yep. you're a songwriter, you're a performer, but you are also a show promoter. And in a lot of ways, you're also a salesperson. And so to get comfortable with that, if this is ultimately what you want to do, and if this is ultimately the experiences that you want to have. But I like what you're saying about like Instagram stories specifically, when you put context behind something or around something, and you create 
a story around it and you allow yourself to be vulnerable. Hey, I, I'm really nervous, but I'm also really excited for the show. I think people are more willing to buy in. Don't be ashamed about it being your first show. I know mm. it's daunting. I know imposter syndrome. Like I struggle with imposter syndrome so much, even with mm. Bandhive. I'm just like, I shouldn't be selling this. Like, why am I selling this? I should just <laughs> give this to people for free. It's like, no, I've been doing that for years and people keep telling me that I should charge for it. Like I'm going to charge for it. Anyway, point being, if it's your first show, first of all, say, hey, it would just like, if you could be there, it would mean so much to me as a friend. I'm really nervous about the show and it would mean so much to me if you were here. Plus, there's three other bands and they've all played hundreds of shows collectively. And I've seen them live before. They're amazing. You need to get in those reps, right? You need mm -hmm. to get in that first show. You need to get in that second, third, fourth show in order to just get better at your craft. In this case, performing. Also, this applies to, to anything really, right? The other thing that I think is interesting that you're talking about is related to asking your friends for help. And I think this mm -hmm. is where some people, I think imposter syndrome has, has something to do with this, but I think this is where people get a little bit hung up because there's this feeling of not wanting to maybe bother their friends with this. Maybe they're worried what their friends might think. And so they don't reach out to those friends for that support because they're afraid that they're being a bother, they're being a nuisance or whatever it might be. And I'm yeah. here to tell you, and I, and I would guess that James would agree with me that especially in the beginning, your friends are your first fans and they want to be a part of your journey. They're interested in what you're doing, whether they're a musician themselves or not. You know, I, when I think back to my journey as a musician uh, and a songwriter, like, it's just so cool that I was able to involve so many friends on this journey and they continue to be involved. So I'm yeah. glad you brought that up because I think that's something that people go through. My next question would be, let's say, you know, you've just released this album, you've booked this show. Maybe you don't have a ton yet in the way of merch. Maybe you don't quite have the budget yet to buy a whole bunch of t-shirts. What would you bring to the first show, you know, to put at your merch table? Yeah. So first of all, I would say you should never play a show without merch. You always want to have merch. And I'll talk about that in a second. First, I'm going to go through the list of what you have, which is one, gear. I've seen this. I've worked with a band who showed up and they forgot their bass. It's always the bass player. I don't know why. It's, it's always the bass player. At least the bass player showed up. I mean, he went out and bought a brand new bass. Second thing is merch. Third thing is some freebies, which I mean, kind of falls under merch. It could be stickers, buttons, pins, whatever. Fourth is a QR code linking to your Linktree or Sleek Bio page. This is going to be something that you set up. You're going to have like an eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper. The QR code is going to be half of it. And the other half is going to be like stream our music on all major platforms. And then you have the logos and then people can literally just scan it. And whoop, there we go. There's the link tree. And then last but not least, and you know, there's other things that go on this list, but these are like the essential categories, I guess, and items is an iPad to collect email signups for your mailing list. Do it on an iPad. And then you can offer the freebies, whatever you have in exchange for a sign up. So you say, hey, yeah, the stickers are free. You just got to sign up for our email list. And we'll email you at most once a week if things are busy, but otherwise keep an eye out for like once a month. Yeah, and I think this would be a whole other podcast uh, conversation. But when I think back to how I legitimately funded tours, how I funded tours was through selling merchandise. Because even the door payouts 
aren't always great, right? Especially when you're when you're touring to the places where you don't have too big of a following. Door payouts aren't always going to be handsome. And so merchandise is a great way to to offset those costs. Also, people uh, and you you touched on this, like people want to buy it. You know, people people want to buy it for uh, the story. People want to buy it to support you, the artist. That's what it is. You know, you might get some money from Spotify. You might get some music sales. You might get paid for shows. The goal is to break even with your guarantee or your door splits when you're playing shows. Like yeah. you're not paying anything out of pocket. You have your gas, your hotel, whatever, all that is covered. And Absolutely. then you're going to make a profit on that merch. Like you're going to break even if you're lucky on the, on the deal you make with the venue or the promoter. And then profit is going to come from the merch. And that's why I say never play a show without merch. James, where can we find you? Tell us a little bit about what you do. Give us a little bit of an elevator pitch and then let us know where we can, where we can find you. Yeah, sure thing. Well, first of all, thank you again for the invite to come on the show. It's a pleasure to chat with you always. If people want to learn more, I think the, the first place to go is the Bandhive podcast. You can find us in any major podcasting app by going to better.band slash listen, or you can go straight to our site, which is bandhive.rocks because the .com was $3,000 and I didn't feel like spending that. <laughs> so that's where you can learn more. Um, we're about to, I don't know exactly when this episode is coming out, but in the near future or the near past, we'll have released our first course, which is called Road Ready. And it is a course for artists who want to book more shows, get paid and love their next tour. Probably a little more advanced if you're just playing your first show. Um, I honestly wouldn't recommend it yet, but if you're listening to this and you have played shows in the past and you're ready to get out on the road, uh, you can check that out. And that is at bandhive.rocks slash road ready. Uh, one word, no dash or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, I would guess that there are people listening to this who are road ready. And so absolutely check that out. I wish I had that course back in 2012 when I started booking tours. I love everything you do, man. I think you're helping a lot of people. I think you're really simplifying uh, a part of the industry that can be really overwhelming. And so thank you for all that you do. So definitely check out, definitely check out the podcast, the James podcast, Bandhive. And uh, thank you so much again for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks so much, Connor. There it is. Thanks to James for coming on the show, to giving us his knowledge. Yeah, I, I, again, I, I think back to first the first show that I ever booked and the first tour that I ever booked, and it's amazing how much I didn't know. And it's incredible 10, 15 years later, there are just so many people now like James who are providing this amazing education that's based on their own experiences and their own knowledge. And I can't recommend it enough. I think that uh, releasing your first album is one thing and there's, there's magic in that, but to be able to replicate it live and connect with people in person with your live iteration uh, is just for me personally has really been filled has has really created many fulfilling experiences um and so hope this brought you some value hope this brought you some inspiration friendly reminder that if you would like to connect with me as always you can do so at connorfrost.com c-o-n-n-o-r frost 
F-R-O-S-T.com slash just start, J-U-S-T-S-T-A-R-T. Go there and you will fill out a quick questionnaire. You will pick a time to speak one-on-one with a team member or me, depending on the situation. And we will get going with our conversation as it relates to your goals, as it relates to your struggles, and we'll take it from there. So that is an offer that is on the table at present. So I hope that you can take advantage of that. Thanks again so much for tuning in. And until next time.